0: little kid, you're like, whose is this? I need to, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, I was that kid, I, was, I would just look for blue jeans. I was like, dad, and then I'd be tugging on someone's blue jeans, that's not my dad, and running around the place. But I remember very clearly getting lost in the shopping center quite a few times, but if my mom or my dad said my name, or even if they said, son, where have you gone? I could hear them amongst the noise in the shopping center quite clearly. You know, our brains are designed in a way that we learn things by repetition. And I'd heard my parents' voice so many times that I knew their voice, I knew what it sounded like. You know, when you burn your hand on the stove for the first time as a child, probably the first time you don't make the connection, but the second time or the third time you probably will. Or if you're like me, you probably wanna see how close you can get to the stove before you burn yourself. But we learn from repetition. Nobody here could tell me the very date they started learning their times tables, nobody. But I guarantee 95% of you hopefully can tell me what three times seven equals. Why? Because we've repeated it. We repeated it so many times to learn it. We learn by repetition. And repetition is an incredible tool that will leave a lasting imprint in our lives, sometimes forever. You know your favorite song because you've listened to it over and over. You know the voice of your friends and family because of the many conversations you've had with them. You know the sound of a cat fight because of all of those terrible sleeps you've had. God has designed us to learn through repetition. My first point tonight is it's your choice to listen, but it's also your choice to believe it. In Romans 10 verse 17, it says, consequently, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes through hearing the word of God, and that is why God shows us the importance of of reading His word. Because reading His word, listening to His voice daily is what builds our faith. And when we have faith in something, it actually means that we have some level of trust. If you've ever been on a tour bus before, there's usually somebody that's late and you have to wait for them, right? And you will say to the tour bus leader, Um, who are we waiting for? And they'll say, oh, we're waiting on Nick. It's always Nick. And and we're we're waiting on Nick. And you say, well, well, where is he? Oh, he said he'll be here. Or the tour bus driver will say, he said he'll be here soon, or he's on his way. We trust what people say. We trust what people say. We put a, a level of trust because we have faith that they're telling the truth. And what we choose to listen to often becomes the thing that we believe. Galatians 3 verse 5 says, So again I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work His miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? For centuries people believed the earth was flat. Some people still do. Why? Because they spend too much time on YouTube. (laughs) But the truth is the reason why they believed the earth was flat is because everybody kept telling them it was flat. You know, Farmer Brown would come back from a day on the seas and he'd be like, I lost my canoe. It went over the edge. The earth's flat. Like Everyone would hear the stories and we just believed it. For years, people believed bats were blind. Why? Because there's a saying that went around, blind as a bat. They've actually got better eyesight than most of you. Like, But, I oh, wear glasses, I just got context. Um, for years, we believed Santa was real. Because he is, okay, he is, he is. We hear voices every day from every direction, but there's a big difference in just listening and then there's a difference between that and choosing to believe it. And the more we listen to something though, the more and more we listen to it, the more likely we are to believe it. In primary school, I remember I went through a stage where I was fairly chubby and I used to get teased a lot about my weight. And I would go home and I'd say, mom, they're calling me all these names and everything. And she said to me, you're not fat, you're solid. You're solid, okay? Now, when I look back at the photo albums, kind of lying, but I went with it. But I believed in what my mom said 100%. I went back to school and every time someone mocked me for being fat, I'd be like, I'm not fat, I'm solid. And they couldn't say a word, right? But I believed that. I truly believed that. I truly did. And uh, I remember that it gave me a new confidence. Because when we listen to something long enough, we believe it. But it's up to us what we choose to listen to and what we choose to believe. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse five, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When the Apostle Paul said this, wrote the Scripture, he used war ter- um, terminology to describe a battle between God and Satan. The truth is when you open your Instagram, when you read the Herald, when you listen to the radio, there's actually a battle going on for your attention. But not just your attention, but they actually there's a battle going on for your heart because constantly we're hearing messages from all these different directions, feeding us people's different beliefs and opinions and political stances and whatever. But when we choose to live for God, we're actually choosing to submit everything that we hear, everything that we think before God. You see, we're choosing to take that thing captive and take it to God before we choose to believe it. That's part of being a Christian. When you give your heart to God, you give your whole life to Him. And just because you hear something that makes sense, if it doesn't align with the Word of God, then there's a tension there. We need to be strong enough to admit sometimes that we are wrong and take that before God and say, what does the Bible say about this matter? So many conflicting opinions, so many unpopular beliefs, but I don't think God is saying we can't be open-minded. That's not what I'm thinking He's saying at all. In fact, I don't think He's even saying that we have, to, um, we have to all agree on things. I just think God is saying we need to take everything we hear captive, take it before God and see what He says to us about it in His Word before choosing to believe it. My next point is belief leads to action. So we've looked at the more that we listen to the same thoughts and ideas, the more that we're likely to believe it. And believing something long enough will often lead to action. When you truly believe something, you will act upon it. A lot of you will remember Parachute Music Festival back in the day. It was awesome. 25,000 people decided to go tenting for a weekend and spent a whole lot of money. And uh, it was cool, though. There was like music, uh, music bands and everything from all over the world, Christian artists. And I remember just having an amazing time. But I remember there was one point where I was walking with my friends and we'd been tenting, we're smelly. And I was getting a little bit over the tenting thing, right? And I noticed that there was a green room on the second floor of the main building they have there called the Palladium. There was a balcony and I looked up there and I was like, hey, there's some like band members and stuff up there. Now there was a fence around the bottom so nobody could get in. And there was a security guy standing by the fence. But I believed in my heart that I deserved to be up there. Because, not because I have any musical talent whatsoever, not because I have a VIP access, not because I even knew anybody, I was just sick of hanging out with the peasants in the tents, right? And I wanted some proper food. And so I saw my opportunity. Now I looked, at, I looked very carefully. I saw, okay, it's not too far away. There is a fence around it. I looked at the security guy, but he was clearly a volunteer because you can tell the difference, right? Um, let's just be honest because a security guy knows exactly what he's doing. A volunteer is like, trying to find his starts, he doesn't understand. He's got a hive his vest for a start. And I'm just like, easy. I know how to deal with volunteers. Volunteers, they need affirmation. And so I went straight up, I went straight through the gate and I walked straight up to the volunteer. I shook his hand and I said, I just wanna let you know, bro, you were doing an amazing job. And then I walked through the gate. No kidding. No word of a lie. I walked through the gate he didn't have a chance to check my lanyard. He didn't have a chance to check anything. He was just chuffed. He was oh, I am doing a great job, aren't I? Oh, I'm made for this. I walked up the stairs. I got to the top of the balcony. And very quickly, I realized I was in the wrong place. But I waved to all the peasants down below. And I was like, I made it. And they were all shocked. And uh, I got out of there very quickly. And then I tried the main stage, but they had paid security, so they didn't go too well. But true story. I believed in my heart that I needed to be there. I had told myself, I had told myself that I could do it. And when we believe in something long enough, it often leads to us acting upon it. Sometimes courageous acts, sometimes things that we would never imagine ourselves doing. I did a whole page then. how good was that? <laughs> in Romans 10 verse 14, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Although we find our identity in Christ and not what we do, we often act on what we've heard and it starts from what we hear from God. And that can often become a part of what we do, often becomes a part of our identity in Christ. And the further we press into our relationship with God, the further He directs our steps and tells us where we should go and where we shouldn't. And when we start to expose ourselves to the voice of God, we start to act like Him. And I believe it works a little bit like a cycle. Because when you start to believe something and you start to act upon it, without you even saying something sometimes, others will notice it. Others will notice it and they go, wow, he's got such a strong belief in this area or in that, and it's amazing to see what he or she is doing, and then it encourages them. It builds them up in their faith. And you see, I don't wanna see us all becoming people that are just hearers of the Word, but the Bible tells us we need to be doers of the Word. And sure, we can be saved just by hearing the Word, but if we're not doing it, then what's the point? The Word of God is alive, and if you feel too old school to read the Bible, then that's cool, get a different translation. Like, I know it's not all relevant, you know, some of the themes and ideas, like he took his camel to the market. Like, we don't do that. If you do that, then let me know, I wanna ride your camel. But there's, a lot of things in the Bible, the whole Bible is, writ, is the written word of God. It is the living word of God. It is designed for way back when and it is designed for now and in the future. It doesn't date because it's living. It's living and God will speak to you through it. James 1 verse 22 it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Becoming a Christian changes who we are. We're children of God, but it is the ongoing relationship with God, listening to His voice, listening to His word, that continues to change us, who we are and where we are going. Just like the voice of God can change the direction of our lives, so can the voices that we don't take captive. And I've got a question for you tonight. What is the loudest voice in your life? because that can drastically change the direction that you are taking and where you end up. The loudest voice in your life might be what you see in the mirror every day. You might look at yourself and start to tell yourself things. Is it good things? Is it bad things? The loudest voice in your life might be somebody else's opinion. Or one that I see so much is the loudest voice in your life could be what other people are telling you to become or telling you who you are. And it's a very dangerous place to be in because there's a lot of different avenues of the world that are telling us who we should be, who we should become. But what if the loudest voice in our life was the Word of God? was the voice of God? What if we decided to feed ourselves with podcasts, with um, subscribe to YouTube channels, listen to speakers that are encouraging, all based on the Word of God? What if we actually listened to music that was uplifting our spirit? What if we chose to feed ourselves through our ears things that are gonna build our spirit and not drag us down? I think we would see a very different thing in the mirror and we would take a drastic course change. My next point is, what are you allowing into your heart? Before I speak on that, I also wanna say, you know, it's not just about us when we're doing this, because we need to realize that what we consume is what's gonna come out, and that's what's gonna to show to other people. And we are vessels. We are people that are here to spread the gospel. To our lives should be a reflection of what Jesus is doing. We don't have it all together, but it should be a constant work. And people noticing that. And so we need you need to we need to all ask ourselves: What message am I speaking to other people? What are you allowing into your heart? When I was um, about twelve, I went to Disneyland in California. It was awesome. And some of you may have heard the story, but. I went to Disneyland, and I was hyped, and I remember at the time I used to wear glasses, but I didn't really wear them because I got teased a bit at school about them. The kids thought I looked like Harry Potter, not the greatest thing to look like, and uh, so I didn't wear them. And uh, whether you're a Harry Potter fan or not, he's not the greatest looking person. So I didn't wear <laughs> i didn't wear my glasses, and um, I remember my parents saying, you should wear your glasses so you can see America, not just imagine it, and so, uh, I wore my glasses while on holiday, because I was like, you know, on the other side of the world, no one knows me, it's all good. Had a great time at Disneyland, and then I got to a point where my parents were like, we want to go on this ride, and I was like, oh, oh, here we go, what is it? And it was just a boat that went down a stream, and I was like, that's exciting. And uh, so, (laughs) thought I'd better be obedient, jumped on the boat with them, and I remember I was bored, like straight away. And my mom said, she was reading the flyer, and she said, it looks like there's a magic show happening on the bottom floor of the boat. And I was like, okay, I'm 12, so I know it all. So like magic shows, lame, right? But I'll go check it out, you know? So I went down to the bottom floor of the boat. There was a whole bunch of kids, most of them younger than me. There was a magician, he was doing his thing. Everyone was laughing, it was a good time. We got to the end of the boat ride though, we were getting close and I remember that this magician had like 20 kids in front of him and he was running out of tricks. <laughs> he had like no jokes left and you know he was just getting a bit lame, right? And uh, so he was in Struggle Street for sure. And then he saw me in the, in the crowd, which was like 12 people, and he saw me and he made a Harry Potter joke. Now this cut me deep, right? Now, he, this guy never met me before. How did he know I must have truly looked like Harry Potter? <laughs> Dang, the worst. And uh, I, um, I genuinely took this to heart. And I remember for like the next nine years or so, I didn't pick up my glasses very often at all because I was so self-conscious. I had taken these words on board and I truly believed I looked a bit like Harry Potter but I don't want you to feel sorry for me, Um, but the truth is is that it really did hurt, but it was actually my decision what I did with those words. Some words we can't block out completely. Sometimes we hear things we don't wanna hear, but it was my choice and it is your choice whether you believe those words or not. Did I take those words captive before God? No, I didn't. I just believed them, and it affected me for a long time to come. And whether it's a serious thing or a not-so-serious thing, we need to take these words captive, align it with what the Word of God says. Do I look like Harry Potter? Heck no, and I'm going (laughs) to stick by that, even if it's a lie. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) choice what we feed ourselves, but sometimes we can't control it, and we have to choose what we believe. In Matthew 12, verse 34, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are you listening to? What are you letting into your heart to transform your heart? Are these voices bringing you closer to where you want to be, or are they dragging you further away? I mean, what are you listening to on Spotify? You know, it might have a mean beat, but is it like, Transforming you, or is it just filling your head with trash? Like, that's a journey I've had to come to. Maybe there are voices of people that you trusted in the past, voices that continue to replay in your head. Are they uplifting, or are they things that you need to take before God and say, God, I want to take these, I want you to take these voices away. I don't want this in my life no more. Maybe somebody offended you. Maybe somebody said something. Maybe a Christian leader, a pastor offended you. They're the worst, aren't they? Honestly, we are always offending people. I challenge you, you know, I don't, most 99% of pastors don't wanna offend anyone, but we do it sometimes and I challenge you. Take take that offense, take it before God and maybe even go and have a conversation with that person, 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 pastor or not to challenge yourself, don't just be offended by it, don't just sit in your offense, but actually do something with those words, do something positive with it, try to change it. I'm gonna invite the band to come up now as a close. But this is why God tells us to take our thoughts captive, the things that we are hearing, because what we believe will often act upon. Now, just because I look like Harry Potter doesn't mean I'm gonna wave a wand, but there is some things that we hear and we take on board, and before we know it, we've acted upon it. It's actually manifested in us. We, we've started to believe it, and then we start to act like it. And we need to be very careful and take things captive. I might, you know, a lot of um, the world is, is saying all the time things like, trust your heart follow your feelings, you know, just, just do what you feel. But can I be honest, like, that's the worst message I've ever heard. As if, if I did that, I probably would have hurt quite a few people, <laughs> maybe even chucked a rock at someone. You know, like, I, you don't do what you feel. That's ridiculous. Like, if we did what we feel, the world would be a mess. And that's often why it is. We can't do what we feel. We need to choose what we hear as much as possible. And when we hear things that aren't uplifting, when we hear things that we maybe we don't wanna hear, we have to take that before God and ask Him, what do I do with this? How do I act on this? How do I react in a way that would be honoring to you, God? It's important that we do this. And you might be sitting here tonight And you might be hearing this and you might be thinking, you know, Nathan, if I'm honest, like I I have not been taking every thought captive. To be honest, I've let a lot of the world's beliefs, a lot of the world's opinions affect my life. And, you know, not trying to be closed minded or anything, but you might be thinking, you know, I feel so far away from God because I've let the world speak into my heart more than I have my God. And, And maybe you're here and you're like, I feel distant tonight. Maybe you had a relationship with God before or, or maybe this is your first time in a service, whatever area you are on the spectrum, if you feel distant from God, He's standing with open arms and He wants you to come home tonight. And in a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give your hearts to God if, if that's you. And John 3.16, one of the most quoted verses in the world, but definitely one of my favorite. It says, "'For God so loved the world "'that He gave His one and only Son.'" that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's not about what you've done. It's not about where you've been. It's just simply putting your belief in Him and saying, God, I wanna put you first in my life. I wanna take everything captive and bring it before you at the cross. Let's close our eyes for a moment. If you're feeling distant from God tonight, whether you've been in church your whole life or this is your first time or whatever, I just wanna encourage you tonight, ask yourself, Is do I need Jesus in my life? Do I, do I feel distant? Do I need to come back to Him? We don't wanna embarrass anyone here tonight, but we are gonna say a prayer together in a moment as a family and I'd encourage everybody to repeat it out loud. Um, We're gonna repeat it as a family. But if you truly wanna give your heart to God tonight, I want you to really believe it as we're praying together. So let's repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for allowing me to take whatever I hear before you. Thank you for believing in me and being in the business of life change. Jesus, I admit that I've done wrong. I believe that you are God and you died and rose again for me. I confess that you are my God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen, amen. With every eye still closed, I just wanna take a moment. Nobody looking around, if you prayed that prayer and you truly meant it in your heart, I'm gonna ask you to do one brave thing. It's just between you, me and God, just an acknowledgement that you've made this decision today. I'd love to know who that is and then I'm gonna wrap up in prayer. But if you made that decision, I'd love to ask you in a moment to pop your hand up nice and high, just to acknowledge this decision that you've made. So if that's you, why don't you pop up your hand right now? Awesome, awesome. Down on the right here, another one down on the right. Amazing, amazing. Some down the front here, amazing, so cool. Another one down the back, fantastic, fantastic, awesome. That's amazing. Lord, we just thank you so much for every single one of us here. We just thank you for those that made a decision tonight to put you first. And God, I pray that this journey that you take them on, Lord, we know it's gonna be an exciting one. And I just pray that you will surround them with the love and the people that they need to help them on this journey. God, we pray a blessing over them. Use them mightily, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, let's give it up for Nathan. He did great. What a great word. Hey, if that was you, if you